This movie proves what George Orwell always said, Big Brother is always wanking. I'm Nito Kitsch, and from the creator and star of Where the World Mind comes an exploration of voyeurism, parasocial relationships with porn stars, and decently accurate use of the internet. But because you can't gaslight someone without the word gas, I'm joined by three friends with creative ways to use gaseous elements of the periodic table to nail their own partners. We are only two this First week, up, actually. I can dream, can't I? <laughs> You'll have a third friend one day, NATO. <laughs> one day. First up, arr! She's not a pirate, but she's also got too much arr gone up her butt. It's Amelia. Hey, friends. My name is Amelia, and boy, have I got a method to catch that boy you've been chasing for you. Did you know that gaslighting does not just have to involve the act of making somebody think they're crazy? No. In fact, if you have a bunch of large neon signs up that say boys, boys, boys with arrows pointing down, you can gaslight your very own man. If you want to know more about this, you can find me at Instagram at the Nefarious Navigator. <laughs> oh, God. The first thing that jumped in, into my mind when you started that was... Please don't be sit going the chloroform route. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up, <laughs> you don't need restraints to make me walk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't need restraints to make me watch the Xenon movie trilogy. You just need rose strains. Oh my goodness! Get out. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Ro. And just like the Earth, there is only one thin layer of gas holding me together and separating that which is me from total oblivion. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if you cannot tell, um, I am currently in the throes of COVID, so <laughs> I think that's an accurate description. Uh, descriptor of how I've been feeling recently, but I am like 500% ready to talk about this movie, so let's go. And you can find them on Tumblr at Nefarious <laughs> Navigator. Uh. <laughs> um, planning a future return to Tumblr, actually, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Please just tumble her out of your seat and get better soon. Ooh. Getting Go is an untraditional indie movie about a perpetual twink, Doc, played by Tanner Cohen, as he lusts after go-go dancer and porn star Go, played by future cock destroyer Matthew Camp. Full disclosure, Matthew Camp is not a cock destroyer, but he did work with them, but we'll get with that later. Uh, Doc tricks Go into think it was a joke. I... You, I was like, it was 3, 3 a.m. Oh, Doc tricks go into thinking he's taking part in a documentary in order to get closer to him, give him a shot, so they can live happily ever after, but also maybe not. But can the image of Doc's he in Doc's head match the reality of Go? We're going to find out as we jump on the spoiler boat and barrel right through those meaty, tasty twink butt cheeks. Dude, 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 all aboard the spoiler train! <laughs> <laughs> all aboard the... All aboard these all pert, twinky butt cheeks. Let's go. 
<laughs> so, so Ro, did this movie make you wish the world was yours? <laughs> um, I love where the world mine, so I had a lot of high hopes going into this movie. I think I started watching this movie once a long time ago and, like, didn't finish it. Because the beginning, like, f- was really familiar to me. Um, I was pleasantly surprised, like, parasocial relationship problematic nature aside, I was really pleasantly surprised by the kind of conversations that this movie was trying to have. Um, it made me think about a lot of things, and it's really nice to have a movie that does that every once in a while. I like thinking. What about you, Amelia? <laughs> I like thinking too. The end. <laughs> um, I don't know. Great, thanks. I um, I went into this movie Good. kind of completely blind. I didn't even look up like what it was about. Um, I thought it was really interesting. It was compelling. It had some really good shots. Um. Mm. I think it's Oh, sorry. And I liked I liked that it kind of felt very non-traditional in terms of of a uh, film. It felt like a lot like just a slice of life. Slash liars reveal, but like it's, you know. it's like it's like a documentary about a guy making a documentary yeah. about it kind of has this like like two steps away from reality sort of feel. Yeah, I agreed. Which is it's it's really weird because like there there's some really great back and forth that obviously is like more genuine. It feels like kind of natural and improv where it feels like they're just having a conversation and they probably were while filming it. But there's also some really uh uh awkward parts where it's like, yeah, we have to get the exposition going. Like in the beginning it's like, so you want to make this documentary, huh? How do we start it? You know, stuff like that. And it just feels it, it feels like um this film utilizes like technology and the internet in such good ways for advancing like the story and stuff like that, that it makes those moments stand out. But like the, it by no means does that ruin any of like the conversations we get that are more intimate and more personal between the two. And I really appreciate that uh, because it feels more genuine um, it feels more like what I kind of associate with more gay indie movies you know I think or at least like you know the ind- indie quote unquote I think movie. honestly when you're trying to go for a documentary tone it can be like it can have like I'm trying to think of how to put this sorry there are a lot of pitfalls when you're trying to go about making like a documentary, mockumentary sort of tone for your movie. And I think the fact that they were able to get really kind of real conversation, it felt like real conversation. It felt like open and candid and it didn't feel like a lot of it didn't feel fake. Like, the obviously scripted bits at the beginning and at the end, maybe. But, like, 
you could feel that like they like they were having genuine moments. It, it, honestly, it felt like you were talking to like an actual sex worker. Yeah, about, absolutely. Like, hey, what is it like to stand up on a box and dance? And the guy he had like a really genuine feel to him, which I really. It probably helped that like Matthew Camp was like a go-go dancer and everything mm-hmm. before this. Mm-hmm. I could tell. It's kind of interesting because like knowing that like Tanner Cohen is in this, the creative, the creator and director of World of World Mine are credit are like the director of this or co-director of this, and like they're two like polar opposite movies as far as just execution you know where the world mind was very tight with its look and its pacing uh it definitely like felt like you know a more high budget film it felt more like an actual like full-on adaptation of a musical and this feels more intimate more like low scale it's not shot on film it's shot with multiple different digital cameras or, you know, uh, DV cameras and stuff like that, a varying quality that it cuts between. Yeah. It's not as tight, but it's still very much personal. And it's like, it's a different thing, but it's almost like it's as good, I think, in, it, in as far as, like, the experience. Yeah, compositionally, it's really interesting because obviously they're trying to go for a look that Doc is like, you're actively in the process of watching Doc make a, a movie, as it were. And the movie that Doc's making is the movie that you're watching. And it's, 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 so it's got a really like handheld sort of feel at times it's got a really like like one two angles feel sort of times it feels like a real documentary but it's not yeah yeah i mean there was a bit there where i was questioning i was like did i miss something like is this a real documentary (laughs) (laughs) particularly when like uh go is being interviewed and he's talking about, like, go-go dancing and stuff like that. Um, I thought that felt very authentic. As far as composition goes, though, too, um, I thought it was really interesting, like, all the scenes that they had that were kind of, like, different frames within, like, the, the same screen. Like, when they're making out in the park and you could tell that they're trying to portray that they shot it on two different cameras. Or that really, really cool scene after they have sex for the first time where... Um, it's just like this really interesting and like artsy landscape almost of his body. And it like kind of shows it in two different mm-hmm. frames on like the one screen. I have a lot of feelings about that scene. I know exactly which scene you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think one of the, and it goes along with this sort of realization by doc that go is a real person. Because at the beginning of the movie, you're obviously seeing Doc, like, with these photos of Go, like, doing Photoshop work and, like, taking out, like, these freckles and moles that Go has, like, all down his body. And then, after they have sex, you get these long shots of, like, backscape and, like, 
just like nipples at odd angles that really focus in on like the actual imperfections of Go's body. And right, I think he's a human it's being. This, <laughs> yeah, it's this realization through like physical contact that goes a real person that has like real basic human needs because like just before they ate that huge meal and doc is like but you have this perfect body like why would you do this to yourself and goes like i don't i'm human you know i like to eat things (laughs) i like sometimes sit down and have this huge meal that my body processes like annoyingly fast because they have such a high metabolism and they hate it. <laughs> I, I think to really appreciate this, if for some reason the listeners haven't watched this movie, uh, we should go, we should talk a little bit about the characters individually. <clears throat> I agree. So, um, Doc is played by Tanner Cohen, sorry, Tanner Cohen, the uh, winner of Gaika's Best Twink Award, whose plaque is currently in the possession of Zelda Williams due to a complicated series of events. Uh, um, he is... UPS. <laughs> you blame UPS. <laughs> <laughs> UPS. We upsed up. Uh, so instead of a innocent gay tweeny fairy, he's now a lusty, lonely, lonely quote-unquote, film student. Uh, alone in his room with chatterbait bookmarked. Uh, what do you think of him, and how would it be improved or deproved by adding musical numbers? <laughs> I'm always in favor of musical numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Photoshop's my friend, and I'll take out your moles. <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> I think Where the World Mine was absolutely the right movie to have, like, multiple musical numbers in it. Um, But this movie is so stylistically different. Mm -hmm. And it's it's nice to see Tanner Cohen playing, like, a different sort of character, honestly. It really felt like a mood piece to me, this entire movie. It just felt like a huge movie. I mean, what? And with that being said, like, I actually kind of liked Tanner Cohen's character in this a lot. I really wouldn't change too much about it, him. Um, because, like, it almost felt like, I think that's part of what made this feel like a very um, documentary style and, like, very authentic like that, was the way that Tanner Cohen's character is almost kind of in the background. Um you know, for a lot of it, like, it's... He feels very uncomfortable in the moments yeah. where he's put in well, front of the camera. Why, exactly, like... Why, why don't both of you kind of just sum up, like, who you think Doc is? Like, pitch me, pitch you know, okay. pitch me Doc as if you're pitching me a character. Doc is a person who desperately wants to be comfortable with the sexuality and just isn't there yet. Like he grew up having a really awkward time realizing like doc reminds me a lot of me in a, in a lot of ways where like he grew up just feeling so disconnected from his sexuality. Let, uh, let me rephrase this. Pitch me, Doc, 
because we'll, I want to get back to that thought a little bit later. Pitch me Doc like you'd pitch me... Like, if I have never seen Indiana Jones... Okay, Ohio Cornboy, but, like, actually an interesting character. <laughs> do, do you want him to... Do you want us to pitch you him like one of your French girls, NATO? <laughs> <laughs> Would he fit in Stonewall? <laughs> no, I think I think uh, um, he's actually a good character. Yeah. So I wouldn't put him in Stonewall. <laughs> I, I felt I felt he was a very the a very soul. nuanced character <laughs> in very small ways. Uh, so, so tell me. So Doc is obviously he is the driving character of this movie. He is the one who starts off this movie. He has a thesis, much like one of the people in this podcast who may have started the podcast with that thesis a long time ago. Um, and was and is similarly wrong about his thesis, which is okay. It is okay to be wrong about your thesis. It just means that you learn something different. Um, which is good. A lot of times. It helps you form you're... it helps you form new theses. <laughs> that are based yeah, on trial it, and error. It, it gives you baby theses, theses. Yeah, you know, to to birth and give out into the world. But uh, so he has a thesis that he is kind. He starts off the movie from my perspective. He's very sort of bitter and cynical. Like uh, we see, we see him at the start of the movie, kind of like you know, on quote unquote, you know, chatterbait. Uh, you know, chatting with people, flirting with them, kind of getting off. He's drunk. He's kind of, like, ranting about, like, basically how he thinks, you know, assimilation is the only thing in the, that matters in the queer community and stuff. P- very paraphrasing it here, because zooming along. And he gets drunk enough that he shoots a message to a go-go dancer, uh a you know a dancer an artist as we come to know later uh kind of a proposal and go the go-go dancer kind of like you know foots feet to the fire and is like yeah let's go <laughs> you know and they're like oops um, now i have to actually make a documentary <laughs> <laughs> whoopsies so um but it's really kind and, of interesting, I think, how they, like, after that, begin to explore that thesis of assimilation and, like, what it actually means to be a radical queer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they ex- and I think- like they explore it all through the lens of, like, sex work and what it means to actually be out there you know, doing it, <laughs> dancing in yeah, front of people with your junk out. I think it also, like, there is definitely a difference between, you know, city queers and country queers, you know? Like, just the environment that you grow up in. And I think this kind, this movie in general kind of acts as sort of like a good sort of, like, understanding of where kind of the 
generic level of both sides are coming from with their ideologies. Actually, that's a really good point because they kind of state that thesis earlier on, early on in the movie, I feel like when um, <clears throat> Doc is first meeting uh, Go in public or in person and um, he says, oh, don't worry, I'll make sure like, you know, your face is invisible or whatever so your family doesn't know. He's like, I'm from California. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like your family in Ohio. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I'm from California. But yeah, I think to somebody like That's... growing up in the city like this thing is a lot less of a big deal than it is to like be from a small farming community or like a small town where you know people are maybe a little more prejudiced and like there's not a lot of different people to like fall back on as like support and stuff like that. So that was that's like absolutely my experience like coming of age and like coming into your sexuality in a small town where you don't have like people who are like you to look at and learn from that's like <laughs> that's my high school life in a nutshell like <laughs> teach me senpai uh but I do think that because it doesn't necessarily like at the be- very beginning, there's some hints of um, sort of uh, acting like the main character is the villain. But it kind of like by the end, like the focus is shift- shifted away from like the me versus you uh, of that stereotype, which I really liked. Um and it's more about just these two people who have this relationship, this friendship, and just watching that kind of unravel and the two people grow along the way and the eventual end to it. Speaking of ends, that's a butt joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about the other main person in this movie, Mr. Go himself, Matthew Camp. Um, Matthew Camp, this is this is actually one of the projects that brought Matthew Camp to prominence, kind of, in queer media, where you will see him today. And I have a list of things that I would just like to mention because I'm not going to get another chance to bring these up on this podcast ever. Um... And this 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 is going to be a kind of lusty, you know, podcast because I mean, well, I have to have a lot. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Matthew Camp has done many endeavors. One of my favorite endeavors that he has done, by the way, Christmas is coming up, wrote and Amelia, and there is a four thousand dollar Matthew Camp <laughs> sex doll. <laughs> Available for purchase. You want us to all collectively get you back with the Matthew Camp sex doll. (laughs) There are three left at the time of this recording, so act now and make, I guess, my dream come true of awkwardly having sex with a lifeless version of Matthew Camp. Speaking of lifeless version of Matthew Camp. The sex doll also has its own <laughs> porn video on men.com in which Matthew Camp has a four-way with two other guys and his sex doll. Ah. 
So there is a sex doll out there. The internet is a wild and terrifying place. (laughs) (laughs) Camp Matthew Camp, thank you, and we're sorry. (laughs) Camp was also uh, a part of this reality TV series called Slag Wars, <coughs> The Next Destroyer, which I was also at Mint.com. Uh, he co-hosted it with the Cock Destroyers that I mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> I did not watch that, to be honest, because I don't... I, I have a love-hate thing with reality shows, and I was more getting back into anime at the time, so sorry. I don't know what happened there. But I assume it was okay. <laughs> Speaking of <okay>. so, um, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is a very youngish Matthew Camp. He's obviously very charismatic in this. Maybe not the best actor from, you know, the forced dialogue or forced exposition that we're supposed to get to have the story like continue forward at parts. But like he seems like very he's very charismatic. He's very genuine. He's very hot. You know? <laughs> I he's say the kind he's Go ahead. Like the parts that he wasn't trying and they were like just talking were like absolutely the best parts of this movie because nothing was forced. It felt like real conversation. Like a lot of this movie is just like Matthew Camp at his best and then like there are random parts of this movie that are like no why are you leaving New York (laughs) (laughs) don't you want to spend one last summer here (laughs) you could just crash at my place (laughs) no get out of here (laughs) oh wait that's old Uh... (laughs) no boy Um... I gotta put you down boy (laughs) no Man, that was a twist I did not see coming in this movie. Uh, (laughs) Some would say that Matthew Camp's best parts are right below the belt, but we're not going to talk about those parts because those aren't technically in this movie that much. Um, I don't know. That juicy ass is below the belt. We could spend a lot of time talking about that. (laughs) Who has has a better ass, Tanner Cohen or Matthew Camp? Go. Ooh, Matthew. Or sorry, Tanner Cohen. He had that nice little, like, dance solo type of deal, remember? Yeah, that meaty Twinkie yeah. butt. I don't know. Matthew Camp has a really nice ass in this movie. And I assume in general. <laughs> but no, from like, from his charisma, you know, with the conversations they have, the back and forth, sort of just the way that he presents himself, he is perfect for what this movie needed and he just like knocked it out of the park you oh, know absolutely and i think that that is absolutely a credit to like who he is as a person who he still presents himself as and it's just kind of it 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 gives more like validity to like the line of how much of this like was real and how this how much of this was fake sort of like the what is a documentary what is reality kind of uh, part of it, and I really do like that because I like being tricked. I like being tricked watching movies and sometimes consensually during sex. <laughs> but I don't like unconsensually being tricked. 
You hear that? Unless it's unless it's like consensually. Don't pull fast ones on NATO unless you've cleared it with him beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> There's a contract. So let's just start there. Um how do you feel that the dynamics of the care what do you th- let me put it this way. Describe to me the yin and the yang of Go and Doc. Sort of like how their characters differ from each other and how they contrast each other. I think, you know, they <clears throat> complement each other really well. You know, Doc is clearly a little less outgoing, you know, a little less, quote-unquote, radical, a little less um, experienced. And Go is none of those things. You know, he's got experience. He's outgoing. He's a go-go dancer. Um, you know, kind of in the center of the spotlight all the time. Um, and I thought it was a really good dynamic to kind of, like, show Doc's growth throughout the movie, um, to the point of who he is, like, at the end of the movie, um, when he's back in his, uh, small town or whatever. Uh, and it was really sweet, like, the way that it happened, and it was very authentic, and I liked that a lot. So I thought that they played off each other really well. Yeah, and it, like, I think Doc has, like, this, like, ideal form of Go in his head. And you can see it melt away throughout the course of the movie, which is nice. Like, there, there's never any point in the movie where Go doesn't seem like a real fleshed-out person. Yeah. And it's really only, like, Doc's perception of him that changes in the end, which is nice. But we should be fair and say that Go is heavily, heavily uh, fetishized. Mm -hmm. Oh, for... By Doc. And you can tell that because, like... Like, it's supposed to be Doc that's doing the filming of the movie that we're watching, right? So, like, you Mm -hmm. can tell, obviously, from the way that he frames Doc and the way that he, like, focuses on his body, like, follows him with the camera on into the shower. Invited. Invited. (laughs) But, like... (laughs) It's still, even with the fetishization, like, obvious fetishization, like, there's no point, I don't think, in this movie where Go doesn't present himself as an absolutely 100% authentic human. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which is really strange. Um, two points. One is that, for the time, Doc is really good at Photoshop, let's just be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. You look at how, you look at how fast he goes, getting rid of those moles and, you know, uh, uh, f- Feathering that dick over, you know, anywhere mm-hmm. he he's like that. That is that is some of you suck at Photoshop levels of talent right there. Um, for the three people who listen to this, uh, you suck at Photoshop was a YouTube series, award-winning YouTube series about a cynical bastard who made uh, Photoshop tutorials because he hated his life <laughs> um, and other things. 
it's actually really helpful if you're getting started in Photoshop. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but like Doc just goes, like he goes and he's using like different layers. He's not doing it on a flat layer. Uh, it's just like as someone who has to do that like almost daily, I'm like, this took me years to get here. How did you do this? <laughs> um, <laughs> I have friends it's also who are like really- playing with Photoshop in middle grade. Like middle grades and middle middle, middle grade, grade. <laughs> middle school. <laughs> that was me. I was that nerdy ass kid in middle Sorry. school. I I was friends with those nerdy ass kids, and I stayed friends with those nerdy ass kids in college because <laughs> it turns out theater people are infuriating sometimes. <laughs> no, row, row, no. lies and slander, lies I and slander. I. I sometimes hate hanging out with theater people, (laughs) but you know what? (laughs) Graphic design people always know where you stand with your graphic design friends. (laughs) You know, you know what, Ro? You know what? I see your navelry. (laughs) Yeah, this is taking ass of you, Nato. It's also interesting because he's using Photoshop, uh, digital software that's known for you know taking out all these blemishes and stuff. He's using it obviously <coughs> to take out what he sees as blemishes uh, for Go, for Space Go, not for Go. Yeah, um, this is going to be a thing, isn't it? <laughs> um, but he's he's using it to create his ideal t- type of person. And so you think that the, so going into this, the initial idea, if you've never seen this movie, if you have no idea, the initial idea is that he's going to try and take, you know, Disney dirty princess or dirty Anne Hathaway to Anne Hathaway without glasses, Anne Hathaway, you know, that kind of montage, uh, ugly to pretty, um, very princess this, this like, <laughs> Am I not allowed like, to say that? Sex, Disney don't sue us. <laughs> this sex Neanderthal into like a civilized sex Neanderthal. Um, and we don't get that because what we do get is just kind of exploration of characters. It's almost this, – this movie is pretty much – the majority of it is just a character study. Yeah. <clears throat> and a very good one, I would argue. Yeah, it's a very well done character study, absolutely. Um, I think, um, honestly, even more interesting than the characters to me is the way that they explore the thesis. Right? Mm-hmm. And the conversations that happen around that, I found to be almost even like more interesting than the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. Like the conversation was its own character in this movie, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. I may just be talking out of my ass because I'm like super sick and I've had like two doses of cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us where the thesis started and how it kind of like progressed? So 
the thesis at first, right, is, like, I think the thesis to me stated in, like, the barest bones of terms is what does it mean to be a radical queer? Mm-hmm. Um, like, is it the, like, is it the culture? Is it, like, having a niche for yourself in the community? Like, is it, like, dating a sex worker? Is that what makes being queer radical? Or is it, like... Is it the attitude (laughs) towards sex work? Is it like, is it like just living your life as a queer person day to day? Like, what are the most radical aspects of a queer identity, actually? And I think that some people would argue more Molotov cocktails. I think I really don't disagree with that. See that building? Um, personally, I would like to interject. Like personally, a, like a gay. I think a solid brick is typically a good option as well. All right. <laughs> true. If true, wielded true, by a, a white corn boy. Yes, only boy. if wielded by a white corn boy from Kansas. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think that really is like a good, you know, thing to think about. Like, I think it's very culturally tied, like, based on where you come from, you know? Um, If you're from a place that's, like, deeply homophobic and, like, closed-minded and prejudiced and stuff like that, like, then, yes, actually, just, like, existing as a queer person at all is, like, a radical act, right? If you're somewhere, like, Denver is pretty, pretty queer-friendly, like, I think it's, like, one of the best states for, like, trans... Uh, rights and stuff like that in the nation like it that just being queer isn't as radical as like you know working in activism and like you know maybe being a sex worker and like doing all these other things um like no shit there is a city in colorado that is referred to as the sex change capital of the usa just because of the sheer amount of trans people that come to colorado to like have gender reassignment surgeries and yeah. who stay in Colorado afterwards, like. <laughs> yeah, because I wouldn't want to leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> came somewhere, like, accepting <laughs> of trans Are people. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's fucking great here. I, I say that, but I live in, like, the middle of fucking nowhere and, like, deep in Lauren Boebert territory. So, Oof, like. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ro. I mean, here take, in Denver, here in Denver, it is really apparent, though, because, you know, I've been living in Denver proper, like, I think seven years now, six years now, something like that. And honestly, like, granted, this is totally anecdotal, but like most of the people I know are like either non-binary, trans, or like just queer in general, like, I don't that's like 70% of the podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the non-binary. Yeah. Yeah, we just we we started like pretty non-binary and then just became more and more non-binary <laughs> as the podcast went on. 
Oops, sorry. Guess this it's the, contagious, just like I gay, am right now. This is the gay agenda all along. This is to make everybody make podcasts and surprise everybody is androgynous now. What? It's kind of. I don't want to like say I don't want to like have like you know a writing session because I'm pretty sure we're gonna have one next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think y'all know why. Don't spoil. Wait, what it. are we watching next week? Um, but <laughs> nope, don't do it. don't do it. Anyway, uh, but like the one thing I think would make this movie more interesting from like a story perspective when it comes to exploring those themes is actually having uh, Doc be completely closeted from the beginning and kind of like come to terms with who they are and sort of like some of the um uh some of like the buried homophobia that you may get from some of the smaller town communities um i don't know that atmosphere i feel like those sorts of plot lines are like tend to be pretty dangerous water (laughs) Like, it either goes well or it goes, like, really, really off. Yeah. Yeah, but if you've never, you know, if you never throw that Molotov brick, you know, you'll never start that <laughs> Or the cans of soup you know? <laughs> to feed our families. I think, I think, I think it's nice, honestly, that Doc has at least some notion in the beginning of like what it means to exist as a queer person, even if, you know, it's not backed up by like shared experience. Like it, at least he has his own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although that, that outfit he wore to the club, like give me, give me your gay card right now. You're, you're done. <laughs> huh? Huh? All right. That hat, why? Like, you're, if you're going to a club to meet a go-go dancer and you dress like you're a 10-year-old child with a hat with a spinner on it. It didn't have a spinner, for the record, but it looked like it could have. Ah. It's like, come, come, on, come on, dude. <laughs> I really like a lot of the topics this movie subtly tackles. Like, it doesn't... They're there, and they like, and they talk, and they sort of like discuss them and show them. Uh, but they, it's not like an after-school special where it's there. The entire thing isn't like put out in the open, like and highlighted to the degree as like, oh no, my Amelia has eaten the cat. You know, this is this is this is the the cancer of cat eating or something. <laughs> I I didn't watch that many after school specials to be honest. I don't think they exist. Uh but like parasocial relationships, absolutely a thing. Absolutely can go bad. Absolutely mean that you have created this own person in your mind from what you expect them to be like, which is exactly what happens. <coughs> it is never, it is not stated in this movie, like directly that this is wrong, but they show it with their actions through time and through evolution and through their understanding. 
uh, how negative that thinking was and how there's a better alternative to it. I mean, it's an easy pitfall into a parasocial relationship for sure. But I think it's fine if you, like, come to terms with it and, like, realize it is what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any basis for a real relationship that doesn't come with, like, the acknowledgement that the other person is just as flawed of a human being as you are, maybe in different ways. I know, but I'm more going back to like the the idealization. Yeah, is that a word? We're gonna go with it. Like of like you know making this guy into like the perfect thing for you. Like he doesn't have any moles. He remembers my birthday. He has a fucking job for the six years that we did that one night. You know, uh, <laughs> stuff like that, where it's just like, you've decided what you want out of this person, and you have thrown all of this onto them. It's not like uh, you have expectations, but you have and you have a built-in idea of exactly how this person is. And if that person's not the way you are, then you feel like they are attacking directly you. That kind of toxic parasocial relationship that is very prevalent nowadays in like uh, storytelling and online story and like online horror stories that you hear. It wasn't really talked about at the time, and yet this is one of the main things that this movie kind of revolves around: is this one person having a toxic view on what he expects this uh, this uh, what Doc expects Go mm-hmm. to be, and then having sort of a. Uh, kind of like healthy realization and growth on that which is how that situation should be sort of like handled is you should have an idea but you should also know that you can be wrong it's like his thesis and have the ability to accept people for who they are to to grow with that and to kind of like allow yourself to grow with your view of them Well, I think, honestly, it was good of him to state it as a thesis in the first place because it leaves you open to, like, if you call something a thesis, like, it's kind of inherent in calling that that part of your process is going to be to test it and see if it holds up. Which, obviously, it didn't. And I think his willingness to, like, go about the process of actually testing his thesis and, like, having those conversations and, like, getting to know Go as an actual person, like, like, I'm glad that he was open to that process, if it makes sense. Speaking of which, one second, we have an ad break. Hi! Matthew Camp listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> it's me, NATO. Um, <laughs> what's up? I heard that you have a, a realistic sex doll of yourself. 
Uh, can you please send that link over to Ro and or Amelia? Because Christmas is coming up. <laughs> is that our ad? Is this sponsored I... by your need to have a Matthew Camp sex doll? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll we'll take all the we'll take all the ads we can get at this point. So, uh, yeah, this is NATO. I need to have sex with a lifeless version of you. So, please send that link to Amelia Andro <laughs> at the Nefarious Navigator on oh Instagram. Oh my god, get out of here! Um, <laughs> that's just Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> what were you talking about? Oh, um, we were talking really about like... testing feces. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want yeah, to? Yeah, I did not want to test feces, bro. A... God damn it! God damn it! That's that's a really shitty joke. I forgot I'm this sorry. is a comedy podcast here for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Shit got too real. We oh. needed a quick reality check. <laughs> <laughs> so I really do like. Um, I, I really like texture in film. Like when you when you see like a, a, a movie that's shot on film, you have that texture. And a lot of people for years and years and years, and this is something that we talked that not we as in we, but like uh, that was talked about when I was in film school uh, when we were using this thing called mini DV tapes. Uh, which I, I started film school using mini DV. And I ended using memory cards, if that gives you like an idea of when I of how old I am. Um, but like the big thing with mini DV tapes is they look like digital because they were like digital ish, but they were like memory card digital. And so a lot of people really wanted to get that film texture look, and would go to like some very interesting. Uh, uh, pathways to get that texture look, including like uh, actually like filming textures and overlaying that to try and give it like a grain look. Uh, all kinds of other thi- other things are like plugins and Final Cut Pro, like five and seven and six. I never use six. Um, uh, to kind of give it that look, you could use some like overexposure. There's, and now everyone's like doing VHS tapes. So next is going to be like the mini DV look. But the point is that like this movie looks like it was shot on mini DV and it gives it a lot of personality because Scoro. Yeah, maybe. Scoro. Horrible. Hi, baby. Sorry. This movie movie looks like it was shot in mini-DV and, like, webcams and everything. And it gives it a lot of personality because it feels very... Makes it it feel like a period piece, doesn't it? (laughs) It kind of does, It more so makes... It makes it feel... It, is, it adds to the idea that this person is doing it themselves, you know, without extreme knowledge of like filmmaking equipment. Like at one point, he's filming on his phone. Oh yeah, which is which, you know, he's using all of this kind of like low tech stuff. He borrows a camera from his friend who's like in the middle of finals and stuff like that. 
Uh, and he's using all of this equipment without like the huge knowledge of what he probably should have when it comes to like shooting at night. There's all kinds of noise in the shot because of it. Uh, on the webcam and on his other camera, the colors aren't aren't matched, you know, in between the two cameras. Not the colors, but like, like the temperature and everything, and the colors aren't matched between the two cameras. It's very interesting because it's like those. I love those little details because they add to the character. Because if this is his documentary, he's genuinely making it, and he's making it without like, kind of on his own without realizing how to make it. <laughs> but it's also it also gives a more personal take because this is a person who's like genuinely making something because they're driven to yeah, make it. Yeah, it feels like he tricked himself into making it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, dang it, now I have to make now a I movie. Have to make Here, a million, bro, oh, take my money. Damn it. <laughs> Oops, I accidentally or, made a movie. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, a few nights from now, Rogue would be like, Oops, I accidentally bought that Matthew Camp sex doll God, for me. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the $4,000 I was going to use for my grandmother's surgery, but it's going to a better place now. Just Nato like grandma. Yeah, straight to Nato's ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> what did y'all think of the end of this movie? Mm, I don't know if I liked it in the moment, but like looking back on it, it feels right. Yeah. It's like was there some it, other way you thought this movie could end? I don't know. I was. I'm a romantic at heart, I like to think. Um, I can secretly hope for a happy ever after for them. But maybe their happy ever after is living in different states and just being friends who occasionally see each other sometimes and perhaps fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Is that such a bad thing? I I actually kind of thought the ending fit with it pretty well. I wouldn't change it necessarily. Do you think that there can be, how would you describe kind of their romance? Mm. Idealistic, maybe? Fresh. (laughs) It really felt like, when it it was like, I guess, kind of revealed or whatever, that um, Doc was a virgin, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But at the same time, you look at Tanner Cohen and it's like, does that make sense? (laughs) (laughs) Really? I don't think Tanner Cohen was ever a virgin, if I'm being honest. Okay, touche, (laughs) touche. What? Can you describe for me and the Socorro get down? Down? Hey, no, no. Not the Jigglypuff, Socorro. Can you describe for our uh, listeners kind of a recap of um, sort of like uh, the the ending arc of their relationship? 
I don't know, like a plane crashing into the wall, but everybody lives and is <laughs> friends. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't see like a realistic way where their relationship doesn't self-destruct. Yeah, I mean, nobody's first relationship lasts, let's be honest. But I think it was a good relationship for both of them. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. both people ended up learning a lot. I think we can all learn that if your first relationship is with a girl named Sherry, who's your cousin friend, and you're dating for about a day because it's your cousin's birthday, and then you just like end up playing Dance Dance Revolution a bit too long, and then you go to the go-karts, and she's really mad at you for some reason, and then she ends up like slamming her go-kart into yours and knocking you off the track, and this the security has to like come and like escort her out of the building and try to get you on the tracks again in the go-kart because you're stuck in it because of the uh because of the seatbelts. I think that's a very specific that can, Yeah, that's a very oddly specific. <laughs> I think we can all agree that relationships like that are just meant to like, you know, just meant implode to fade away themselves. in throes of passion. <laughs> And go karts. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't say throw your go kart. <laughs> I want. Can we put throw your go kart on a t shirt? That sounds like a phrase I want to use more. Um. Now you could say that in many ways, looking back, just to kind of reiterate this, that uh, go was Doc's dream boy. But unlike the movie Dream Boy, uh, Go was not shitty than the worst movie I've ever seen. So, um, who do you think ended up kind of better off from this experience? Mm. Specifically the experience of both of them having met each other, uh, entered into sort of like the idea of uh, being in a media project together and sort of like growing as people and artists. And then Amelia start. Can you repeat the question, please? <laughs> <laughs> so out of this, ent- so out of this entire you know, go project, quote unquote. Um, who do you think ended up coming out of this better or with however you want to define better, if it's by like growth or if it's by like, uh, you know, um, art or even by just, you know, life experience. (laughs) Who do you think? Okay. (laughs) I think I think Doc progressed a lot more. Doc had a lot more growth. Doc, I think, potentially discovered a love of filmmaking <laughs> that he lied about initially. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Aroya? Um, I think they honestly, I'd like to think that they both come out of it a little bit better. But I think Doc's the big winner here. 
Absolutely. Like, he has the most means- to learn and the most to grow. And Which I think- means Tanner Cohen is still our twink of the century. Zelda Williams. Go fight Give Zelda Williams already. <laughs> God damn you, OPS. Uh, oh, he's fucking it up. Is there anything else you'll like to talk about that I didn't bring up? Um, the soundtrack. It's really okay. good. Yeah, my boyfriend <laughs> hey, really liked. Tell me about the Sorry, my soundtrack. My boyfriend really liked the soundtrack, and then I discovered that song by Beirut that they use. Really? There was a Beirut song in yeah. the soundtrack? That makes a lot of sense, actually, thinking about the yeah. rest of the soundtrack. I found a lot of really good songs in this soundtrack, and I'm going to be listening to them on repeat for at least the rest of the week. You're welcome. What was your favorite <laughs> song besides the Beirut one that is now banned on this podcast? What, you don't like Beirut? For reasons we, reasons we will not get into. Huh? Yeah. Nate has Beirut feelings. Apparently so. <laughs> um, there's a song called, uh, if I had to shout out one, the one that immediately made me look it up is a song called The Horses Are Stuck by Jordan Klassen. Um, a plus, uh, like, in, like, small indie songwriter kind of stuff. Um, really dig it. <laughs> To anybody who thought that Iron and Wine was, like, you know, just right, (laughs) uh, you'll probably (laughs) like this song. (laughs) What other movies that we've watched or that you've watched, do you feel like this movie kind of is, you know, the bread to the wine, you know, a good companion piece, too? Ooh. Socorro, if you don't get down right now, you're going to this, have less dinner than you usually... No. This might be a bold and uh, controversial opinion. Go for it. Velociraptor. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it does kind of vibe with Velociraptor, doesn't it? <laughs> In fact, I remember thinking that at some point while watching this movie. like, There's just something about it. <laughs> I like a movie that has a thesis. <laughs> <laughs> or like an interesting thesis. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Velociraptor did also have like a really interesting thesis. I want more two-person gay sex theses in movies. Yeah. Give us give us more character driven gay sex, please. <laughs> I want an entire drama about docking. No you don't. Actually maybe I yeah don't. you do. <laughs> I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're straight listening to this podcast and you're wondering what docking is, uh I encourage you to wait, no. to wait to look it up until after you finish listening to the podcast <laughs> so that we get all our minutes in. Because the minute you look it up, you're going to turn this thing off in disgust. <laughs> what about you, Ro? What movies do you think pairs well, pairs well with this one? No, I, I think 
I yeah, I just I agree with Velociraptor. Like it has Well you can't much. have it. <laughs> no, I I refuse. I agree too much with that sentiment. <laughs> you can't make another one. <laughs> Oh, there's a movie that I hate um, called The Dreamers that has sort of this like I think we've we've probably talked about it once or twice or twelve times. It's not Dream Boy, right? Um, no, it's The Dreamers. It's this like it's got Michael Pitts in it, the perpetual like indie actor. You, as soon as you see his face, you'll be able to list off like twelve movies you've seen him in, like. All right. Yeah. Anyway, right. Well, <laughs> are you actually gonna search for him? Michael Pitt? You said it's either. I think it's Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, he does have that vibe. <laughs> oh, he was in Hedwig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was Tommy Gnosis. Uh yeah! Like I said, you've seen it. You've seen him in like twelve things, and you just don't recognize him, but you recognize the face. Yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway, so the Dreamers is like was the first like quote unquote big NC seventeen movie. It was this like indie kind of like uh, really surreal when it comes to like the flow of it, like drama about this guy uh, during the French Revolution or something, uh, like. Not the French Revolution, but, like, the French Uprising. Um, Like, living with these two rich uh, brother and sister uh, people in their, like, huge mansion, like, secluded from the world. And so it was basically just him and them and having sex with mainly the girl, but in the book also the boy. But the director of uh, the movie was like, mm, I don't want him to be bisexual, so no no sex with the boy. So they made it like a... They took nah, a clear story a and made out. it straight. What a cop-out! But there's this feeling in it, this like sort of like, you're kind of taken from reality. And you have your sort of like own dimension, your own gravity, your own, you know, little... Uh, your own little space where you exist with uh, very few other people. And that's what this movie mm-hmm. makes me feel like. It's, it's a very, very queer se- dream intimate. to be secluded yeah, exactly. off somewhere in the middle of the woods <laughs> with all of your like various queer f- friend lovers. <laughs> a very queer secluded dream. That's actually like the best description I can think of that I stole from you. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> So, oh, is there anything else y'all would like to talk about or say? That's about coverage. Yeah, I think that about does it for me. All right, so let's just wrap this up one last time. Amelia, does this make this movie make you want to go go or go see a doctor because you're probably as sick as Roe is right now? (laughs) Um, I hope not. It's their busy season. I need money. Um, I I like this movie. Go Same. See <laughs> I need money too. It's not fair. <laughs> Daddy, buy it and help us. Oh God. Uh, uh. 
Daddy Biden, give Bro. me a relief check. <laughs> or... Bro. They need to... <laughs> I'm poor and I have groceries <laughs> to buy or to, like, send other people I to buy. I am poor and I have groceries. <laughs> I need groceries, I'm extremely Biden. contagious. <laughs> God damn it, Biden. Yeah. <laughs> but... Bro. <laughs> Does this movie make you want to gaslight a go-go dancer or make you want to make the world yours? Mm. We're the world mine. Great movie. If we did an episode on it, you should go listen to it and also watch that movie because it's good. And it also has Tanner Cohen in it. Which is Uh, very good. This movie is also really good. Uh, and you should go see it too. Um, it's free on Tubi, so you have literally no excuse. Anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or are watching it later, you, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gagapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-U-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie or so watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm... NATO Kitch, reminding you that Getting Go is is a fine it's a fine title. You don't need Getting Go colon the dot go or whatever. It's, it's just go with Getting Go. It's fine. When it's the fine. when the getting some, when the getting gets you, going, you get it. And the tough go away. <laughs> <laughs> you can get go. <laughs> Amelia, more Doc is- more importantly, um, how are we gonna pay for this sex doll? <laughs>